everyone, and welcome to Sample Size. The only news podcast that cares about science and stonks. I'm your... <laughs> All right, way to mess up the intro. I'm your host, Samantha Spears. And I'm your other host, Wildcard Cameron. <laughs> Damn you, Cameron. This is the first time I was like, I should start working jokes into the intro <laughs> because that will, A, set it up better, and B, I love memes. Uh, Why do I not lean into that uh, all right. Well, he kind of ruined it. We're talking about GameStop and the <laughs> stock prices. Okay. Give me that GME price ticker, please. <laughs> that's All that's right. the stock symbol for GameStop. GME. Yes. It's game without the A because they. That's oh. the only thing about them that is not a okay. Anyway. Wow! What a joke. All right. It's weirdly in the vein of what's going to happen. Sorry, I'll stop talking. So I'm sure almost everyone in the U.S. at least, probably the world by now, has heard at this point about GameStop and its stock price. But my guess is that most have no idea what's going on and why Wall Street investors are so upset over this. But don't worry, we're going to explain everything right now. So I'm going to summarize what's happening, why some people are upset, and then we'll discuss our thoughts. Yes, I would love to do this, and I will warn you now, I will be making many comments about how, despite what's happening to GameStop, I still do not like them for their trading policies. <laughs> they burned me for too many years. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. Despite this getting so much attention lately, the story actually goes back some time. So GameStop, as a business and a stock, has been declining in the past year. Not only have they lost a lot of business during the pandemic because of mall and store closures, but also mall attendance has just been falling for a long time. They have lost money in five of the past six quarters, and revenue in October was down 30% compared to last year. So because their business has been falling, GameStop has become a popular stock to short trade. And let me just add, on top of that, the fact that most video games, like you can either buy them on Amazon, you can buy them at a number of other stores now, and you can also just buy them digitally on your device, which is what a lot of people had to do since during the pandemic. There was like a huge run on game consoles and video games in general. Mm -hmm. Like it really cuts into that bottom line of their entire brick and mortar sales business. Yeah, at this point, GameStop as a brick-and-mortar store is falling out of business. Video game companies have kind of cut out the middleman because they have these markets that they themselves created where you can buy games. It's understandable why the stock price has been going down. Mm -hmm. So let me explain what shorting is, because I mentioned that GameStop has become popular stock to short trade. So shorting is basically when a person bets that a company's stock price will fall. Through trading websites, a person will place a short sell order for, let's say, X amount of stock, essentially borrowing the stock at that current price and promising to give it back to the original owner at a later time. The person will sell the stock at the current price. Then sometime later, the person will close the order. If the stock price at closing is less than when the original order was placed, then the person makes money. Otherwise, if the stock price is higher than before, then the person loses money. Oh, and this whole process is like crazy automated. So it isn't like a person is physically going to a bank or an investor and saying, hey, I'm going to just like take these stocks from you. No, this is all fancy trading software. And I just want to add something very important to explain here because we're going to talk about a lot of the nuance of the stock market. But I want to be clear. This is a gamble. This is in the most clear senses of any term a gamble. You are betting that the stock will go down 
And if it goes up, you lost the bet. Mm-hmm. This is a very simple concept to understand. as the rules most of us play the stock market by. I also want to add, I don't know if you're going to mention it, the like fees associated. I wasn't so good. Please yeah, mention that. Like the way this isn't like a rub for the person who owns the stock is like they get a small fee for every time their stock is used for one of these. So if I have GameStop stock and I let you short it, I'll end up at the end of the day with a little bit of money because you had to get the fee from me and I should also have my GameStop stock back. Yeah. So it's kind of this weird system where both parties get something in return. Yeah, because we're playing on the entire market to do something that will benefit us. But if you think about it, it's usually at the cost of someone else. Like a business. It's not even that. Like there's a bigger monetary question about like who gets robbed when there's insider trading and stuff. And I don't want to get into that because I can I could do a whole separate discussion about that. That will be a whole episode. Okay, I like that teaser. Let me let me put you this way. Who is the real victim of trading places? Is it Eddie Murphy? It's actually the American people. Oh, okay. And I guess we'll find out next time we record. (laughs) Sorry for that tangent. All right. Another important thing I want to mention about short sales, you have to buy the same amount of stock you set when placing the order. So if a person puts a short sell order in for 50 shares, when they close it later, even if the price goes up, they still have to fill it at 50 shares. It's like Mm -hmm. you're borrowing that amount. So you have to give back the same amount of shares that you borrowed. I'm also going to have a link in the show notes to more sources on what short selling is because there's a lot of stuff that goes into it that I'm kind of just glossing over. But this is the big picture of what shorting is. So let's get back to GameStop. I mentioned that it became a popular stock to short. So popular that some financial investors like Citron were publicly advising to short it and saying that they had shorts on it. Well, some layperson investors didn't like this assessment, specifically people on the subreddit R Wall Street Bets, so they decided to buy GameStop. Yes, is the yeet approach. If if hedge funds are the Kobe approach to investing your money in hopes of getting more money, they are the yeet approach of throwing <laughs> your money into the stock market and seeing what happens. <laughs> You know, I like that metaphor. I, I assume <laughs> if you're on our Wall Street bets and you invest any amount of money, you have to say yeet as soon as you hit the free, <laughs> as soon as you hit the buy option on your yes. and Robinhood. It's just a requirement. It has to be. So there's no one reason why GameStop stock became popular on this subreddit. It may be because people wanted to screw over the short sellers or because people genuinely thought GameStop would be getting more business. GameStop has been renovating their business recently. They did add new members to their board of directors, including Ryan Cohen, the founder of online pet products company Chewy. And they recently announced that their overall sales fell 3.1% over the holidays, but e-commerce sales increased more than 300%. So it could be that some people were looking at GameStop and going, oh, all this new stuff they're doing, that may prove good to their business, so I'm going to buy their stock. Or it could be that a bunch of people on our Wall Street bets were like, huh, I see what these investors are doing. Let's try and screw them over and buy a bunch of stock. Yeah, I'll say that from what I've seen in passing, a lot of this is a bit of nostalgia. Like, I am not a huge fan of GameStop. I was not a fan of their business practices. I'm not a fan of their trading programs. Mm -hmm. But for a solid like 20 years there, they were the only way I could get my hands on games before I joined Gabe Newell's shiny vision of a Steam Utopia. (laughs) So on the one hand, I've heard there's like a big nostalgia component to like people who are like, this is where we get games when we don't go to like the other places. Like this is still a place where people can come together even now. 
The second thing is because of the CEO change, a lot of people like that can typically signal a company's turning itself around or that something is very wrong within the company. Yeah. And so Citroen's looking at it as, oh, the ship is sinking and they need a new captain. And our Wall Street Bets is looking at it as, ooh, the ship was sinking and now it's turning around. Yes, that is a very good point. And I just want to say, even though like, I can't remember the last time I bought something at GameStop. I still, every time I go to the mall, I still go in the store. It's just like out of habit. I have to go into mm-hmm. GameStop. Mm-hmm. I have to look at all the games I'm going to get on the Nintendo Online show. Yes. <laughs> I will say this. I actually love some of their accessories. You were there when I bought that like gaming ottoman. It's like an oh, ottoman. Yeah. It's like a little cube that like the lid comes off and you can store games and stuff in it. It's exceptionally good for organizing and storing anything except for my games. <laughs> Because you don't have physical copies of games. And also, why would I? (laughs) All right. But no matter the reason, talks of GameStop exploded on the subreddit, our Wall Street Bets. And this led to more people buying GameStop stock, leading to the stock price increasing, which is just like basic supply and demand, like demand for GameStop increase. So the price increased to reflect that demand. Exactly. If you've ever seen like that crazy candle charts or the stock ticker where it shows the amount of market trying to buy and the amount of market trying to sell, that little bar in the middle that keeps moving back and forth is the stock price. It's saying right now, the minimum you can buy the stock at is this price, which defines how people value the stock overall. Mm -hmm. Now let's get back to those short sellers. So all those investors who had short sales on GameStop started closing them so that they didn't lose any more money because the price of the GameStop stock was now crazy high than when they put in the short sell order, which means even more people are buying stock, making the price go up even more. So for some perspective, the stock price increased from 1995 per share on January 13th to hitting a peak of $468.49 on January 28th. That's more than 400% increase in a week. Yeah, and what you have to understand is that there's nothing special about the stock. It's literally just a stock for a company. And something I want to make clear here is that there's the stock and then there's the short. So whatever product, whatever thing allows them to short, it's an automated financial product, but it's not the stock. So you have to understand it because we're going to start talking about how they stopped people from trading the stock. But the price of the stock influences all these other financial products around the stock and your ability to short or long the stock. So understanding that they're separate is important because if you can't do something to the stock, that will drastically affect how these products are valued. And the products can still be bought and sold regularly, even if you lock down the stock. Yeah, it gets really crazy and even kind of beyond my understanding a bit because economic stuff, I'll admit, scares me a little bit. But I also heard before that because GameStop was being shorted so much, it actually had more short sales on it than actual stock. Like, I think it was at like 140 percent. I heard. Yeah, I think that's part of what I was trying to get at is when you are shorting it, there's a bunch of commodities that allow you to short it. But that doesn't actually mean that it's tied to the stock. So you can actually short more than 100% of companies' total stock value. Yeah, which is just a crazy concept. Like, it's like, how can you short something that doesn't exist? Also, such confidence on the side of Citroen that this company's going to bomb so hard, you're going to short almost one and a half times its value. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll definitely get to it. So two things I want to bring up because it's related to this whole discussion. First, because the price surges were so dramatic, trading was actually temporarily halted by the stock exchange to make them less volatile, 
which didn't help because as soon as trading was allowed to continue, just the prices of GameStop stock just went crazy again. And now, even more recently, some trading platforms like Robinhood are restricting the sale of these stocks. And that has gotten some pushback from traders. Like, there's already a class action lawsuit that's filed against them saying that, like, no, why why should you be able to just stop this from happening? And if you go on Reddit right now, there's actually a lot of whistleblowers saying how, like, there's a lot of people on Wall Street who know each other. And so they're wondering if this is a bad faith action on Robinhood's part to cover their buddies beyond the idea of it just being a, oh, no, the market is too volatile because that never happens any other <laughs> time ever. Yeah. And I have no idea if that'll come out later of being proved as being true or just some random rumors on Reddit. But that does not surprise me. Like Wall Street is such an insider game. And for a while, you couldn't even I don't even know if I have this in my copy, but I remember reading this in the articles that for a while short trades and all this other trading stuff, everyday investors like me and you, just everyday people mm -hmm. couldn't do any of this stuff. It was restricted to the very large investors and you had to go through a special system because I think it was the banks. They wanted to know like, oh, you have the means to pay for this if this goes wrong. It was a closed system, but now it's like everyone can do it because you have platforms like Robinhood that allow it and like Anyone with a few, I don't know, thousand bucks can just get in the game. Yeah. And to help explain some of that, if you think about it, when I buy a stock and I hold on to the stock, regardless what happens to the stock, it's mine. I always have the one stock. I don't have to worry about having to give it back. Mm -hmm. But when you short something and you have to give it back, you have to cover the loss. And if the loss is too great, then not only are you screwed out of all your money, that person is screwed out of their stocks. And especially at some of the volumes these hedge funds work at, that is really problematic because you need to make sure that as a result of what you are doing, the person you borrowed the stocks from gets it back. And so, yeah, for a while there, there might have been a strong financial argument in favor of, oh, well, citizens don't have enough money typically or don't know what they're doing to be able to actually cover this loss or understand what they're getting into. But right now it feels weirdly Weirdly cathartic. Yes. We're, I, I'm going to say we. I'm going to say everyone who isn't a hedge fund manager or part of a hedge fund is getting talked down to about how we don't understand the stock market. <laughs> that is, that's true. Also, you know, the 2008 recession wasn't that long ago. Just saying. And it was also a case of how we were being lectured about how we didn't understand the stock market for things that hedge funds and banks did. Yeah. Oh, and let's talk about some of those hedge funds and stuff. I was going to come back to this. So how much did they lose and why are they upset? Oh, my mouth, mouth watering moment. <laughs> it's a lot of money. Like, it's just a ton of money. I'll give you one example. So this week, Melvin Capital, which was a large hedge fund, was actually forced to seek a financial rescue from two other funds after losing big from betting that GameStop stock would fall. So both Citadel and Point72 Asset Management gave Melvin Capital a combined $2.75 in return for a stake and future revenue. And if I recall, they didn't vacate their position on GameStop. They continued. They kept the same trade. Just to be clear, they lost so much money out of their own hedge fund that they were were on the verge of not being able to cover the short that they were shorting. Like it had gone up so much. The difference between where they bought it and what it was now was so much, it was completely bankrupting them. And so with the payout, with all this money help that they're getting, 
you would think they would want to vacate that position to get rid of those shorts so that they could be solvent again and actually go back to doing other hedge fund stuff. But no, they kept their position. <laughs> they kept their holds on, oh no, it's gonna go back down to the point where we'll still be fine and maybe even still make money. Yeah, and I mean, I had a point about this really in the conclusion, but I think that's what a lot of hedge fund investors are banking on, is that eventually the hype over GameStop will go down and the price will fall and that hopefully they will end up in the long run, like breaking even or their losses won't be that bad. Yeah, that's the thing, though, is this is kind of a case where like this is a hedge fund. This isn't necessarily a bank. And while hedge funds do a lot of things, I don't see the need to bail them out. I think if you do something on the open market that's supposed to weed out the real winners from the not winners, according to half of the government, yeah. you should just have to go down, man. Like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have invested so much in GameStop. Maybe y'all shouldn't have publicly proclaimed how you're doing that to GameStop, which actually, this is a great segue because now we're in the discussion phase. I think we've already been having some discussion of what our personal thoughts on this. But this is the real big question. Is this legal? Is what the subreddit are Wall Street Bets, like which kind of organized it, a legal thing that they could do of driving the stock price of GameStop really high to essentially screw over these big investors? So two things I like to say about that. First, do we want to talk about the Robin Hood component? Because I actually have a lot of opinions there. And second, I think it's legal based on something we talked about at the very beginning with that tweet. All right. You know what? Go for it. All right. So first, I want to actually you know, let me explain the tweet first. So if you're going to go out of your way to tell people that shorting a company is a good idea and you're going to make money on it, telling people to long a company and you're going to make money on it is the same idea in the other direction. It's exactly mm -hmm. the same. And that is the only logic that anyone on our Wall Street Bets has been doing. No one there is proclaiming to be a full-on, well, okay, there are some financial advisors who actually go on there like, I know this or that. But every piece of information that's gone into this short and long game has been completely based off public record. There's no magic secret to how the stock market worked around GameStop stock for all these years. So everything going into why people are longing it is completely based on, admittedly, a ton of hype. But also, there's nothing malicious. There's nothing overtly illegal about what's going on here. They're picking winners, honestly, the same way the stock market picks winners. Like we like to think that stocks are completely based on like the best understanding and market analysis and understanding that in the future, this specific <laughs> asset will be worth so much and therefore you should invest in it. But at the end of the day, all sorts of stuff can happen. You can get a wacky president. You can get a wacky trade war. You can have crop shortages. You can have all sorts of small little things happen in any one country's economy that ripple across the entire global economy and affect prices. There's no special information going on here. It's all the same public information we're all playing off of, supposedly. Mm -hmm. The hedge funds definitely get a lot more insider knowledge because they have the time to literally walk over or fly over to whoever business and go and look at their books yeah. in a way that we simply cannot. The second thing is this insider component is what I want to bring up with Robinhood. So Robinhood... They were being told, and they're just one of many brokerages where you can get these stocks. They're just preferred by our Wall Street Bets because they have zero fees. But Fidelity is also pretty good, and they also are zero fees. Oh, I actually wondered why Robinhood was like such a big component of this. It's the mobile trading boy, and they've also been offering cryptocurrencies for a while, too. So some people have also been hyped for that. Okay. But the thing is, they have zero fees, and they're pretty accessible. I don't want to presume why you would want one or the other. Just live your life. But the important thing here is the people who run Robinhood, they 
stopped trading on GameStop, but they only stopped trading on the stock and they only allow you to sell, not buy. Yeah. Which means that they're trying to flood the market with GameStop stock. And if you flood it with supply, then the demand will go down. Basically, if I have a $500 stock because I am the cheapest stock you can get and everyone else is selling higher, you can assume GameStop stock is like 500 bucks. But if people keep trying to sell it, that sale is going to try and push it down. That's trying to push down price because there's just so many stocks. Yeah, they were trying to force the price of GameStop stock to go down. Now, here's what was awesome. I'll admit, I'm not in the trenches with these incredible our wall street boys like our, if anyone from our wall street is listening to this podcast right now you guys to me and some of my friends real gladiators in the arena <laughs> of the stock market if you ever see me on the street i will buy you a soda or a beer or something all right but, continue but like the typical asking bid for all of these stocks on the sale side has been like five grand they're selling like at the end of the day you're selling your stock at a price. You can sell it at market value, which is whatever that middle ticker is between supply and demand, or you can ask a specific price for your stock. And they're all asking for a stupid high price oh because, my goodness. first of all, that's the only way to protect against this idea of GameStop's value going down. And second, screw you guys. You want <laughs> me to sell my stock? Then make it worth my time. I have seen, like, I've been scrolling our Wall Street bets lately, especially preparing for this episode, and I have been seeing a lot of posts that are just like, stand your ground or hold firm or like, so I was getting oh. the idea that that they're trying to generate an interest of, please, guys, don't sell it. Let's keep this going. Yeah, and spilling, I don't know, actually, I guess AMC is also a pretty shorted theater business. I was less invested in GameStop, but I basically grew up in AMCs. <laughs> Like, I feel like I've spent, like, at least, like, three or four days in the AMC most months of my youth. So I will be there for that fight. I think I will. Yeah, and I don't think I've mentioned this yet, that AMC was also increasing in price. Like, it quadrupled to $19.90 a share. And I think I even heard a report, this may be a rumor, that the company that owns Blockbuster was even going up in price. Like, they don't even exist anymore. That's the thing that I think is the most important and amazing part of all this is it's all hype. The whole stock market that we think is completely based on the most informed, incredible decisions is all hype. And it's amazing because, first of all, you're seeing that it's all hype, period. Like mm -hmm. around the whole stock market, the things you thought were worthless and the things you thought were worth more are completely based on what you think they are. This is actually a problem with inflation because people think that just throwing money into the economy will cause runaway inflation. But inflation is actually a product of what you think it is. In the 2008 recession, when people threw money into the economy, people were like, oh, no, there's going to be hyperinflation. We threw almost a trillion dollars into the economy. But it didn't because there was no change in supply and demand for like the typical goods. We bailed out a bunch of people who literally stole taxpayer money. But real inflation comes from when you or I are in need of resources that are too scarce. If the market can absorb that demand for resources, inflation doesn't really move. That is really interesting. But I want to bring it back to when this kind of situation would be illegal. Some have questioned whether this is a pump and dump scheme which is when participants buy a stock, then artificially inflate its price by starting like rumors of good things about the company, and then they sell it for a profit. And this is not to be confused with like typical shorting or typical longing, because 
there's like a market aspect to those. Like people who short and long companies are based on their understanding of those companies. I actually kind of want to explain this in terms of cryptocurrency, but let me see if I can just set up the main idea first. Pump and dump schemes are, I own a ton of a garbage stock. Mm-hmm. And when I say garbage, I mean, it's just low value. and Like people, penny stocks. Yeah, and people might not know a lot about the company. What I'm trying to do is hype people to buy this stock, to get the price to go way up, knowing full well there's no real value in the company. Mm-hmm. So that when it gets to a high enough point, when it gets to a peak that I'm satisfied with or I've generated what I think is the most hype, I sell all my stock that I bought super cheap and make out with a ton of money as the stock falls because ideally the market normalizes. People realize, oh, this company that was hyped on is actually hot garbage. Mm -hmm. And people are worried with GameStop that that's exactly what's happening is like people on our Wall Street bets are trying to trick other people into investing in a stock so that it will go up in price so that they can just dump all their stock when it's very clear, even if that was part of it, right now the way that they're holding the stock to bleed these hedge funds dry, it's pretty clear there's no real organized intent behind this. It's all a community effort of just whatever people are talking about. Yeah, and I want to jump into that. So the SEC has already commented that they are monitoring the situation, but it would be very difficult to prove that what's happening of GameStop is a pump and dump scheme. And I actually have a quote from a finance professor at Georgetown University, James Angel, quote, It's going to be hard for the SEC to find blatant manipulation, but they owe it to look. The SEC is likely to examine who's really moving the market. Is it a bunch of Robin Hooders trading 10 shares each, or are there larger players out there engaging in a bigger pump and dump? So pretty much it's if there was a like core group of people specifically doing this, that would be one thing. But if it's like a ton of everyday folks that's just doing this based off of hype and sensation and social media... That's not really pump and dump. Yeah. And I also want to bring up another thing that people are trying to float, which is hacking. Because if you think of pump and dump as like social hacking, it's this idea that you're like you're tricking enough people into investing in this stock. Mm -hmm. People are also saying literal hacking is happening. I was debating if I wanted to maybe do a video or something about this for my channel. But effectively, the idea here is people have accused our Wall Street Bets folks of, oh, they're breaking into e-trade systems, like moving stocks around. So they're breaking into the hedge funds and screwing with their – like they're making baseless claims and they're just tweeting about it. I think one of the editors from Market Watch, the uh, market forecasting – I guess they're like an outlet. Like yeah. Was making this claim. And I need to be clear. This is a dangerous moment. And I think I'm definitely not the first person to talk about this, but I'm really happy this conversation is happening. A lot of people who run our country are technologically illiterate. Like, they're not dumb. They just haven't spent the time to understand the new technologies that kind of drive these behaviors. When we saw the hearings for, like, Facebook and Twitter, they couldn't tell the two platforms apart or what was Facebook or when I text someone, is this Facebook? Uh, Hearing some of the quotes from that were just really funny. And now this is the technology of the stock market, not just of people. And while there's a lot of smart people... It's not out of the realm of possibility to think that someone could get tricked into believing the wrong things and taking very wrong actions against platforms like Reddit to prevent communities from this from coming out again. Mm. There's like a question here of can this turn into a censorship argument? But at the end of the day, the thing I was trying to make it clear at the beginning of this is this is all gambling. The house always wins, but you kind of knew that going in. I actually have a great quote from AOC about this. And by quote, I mean tweet. In modern parlance, that is a quote. Yes. All right. Here it is. Tweet. 
Gotta admit, it's really something to see Wall Streeters with a long history of treating our economy as a casino complain about a message board of posters also treating the market as a casino. Anyways, tax the rich. Yes, I love it. I'm amazed she doesn't end all her tweets like that. Yes, hashtag tax the rich. Hashtag tax the rich. Yeah, but I think that just is a great summary of this is what stocks is. It's a casino. It's all a gamble, especially short trading. Mm -hmm. Like that's at its heart what it is. So it's cathartic to see these giant investors and these giant hedge funds freaking out about this thing that they should have known was a bet and a gamble. You know that going in, but they're freaking out because, oh, no, they're on the other end of when something goes wrong. Yeah. And just something I want to add on top of this is like the one thing I still can't figure out is who's making money off this. Hedge funds are losing billions of dollars, but the billions of dollars don't just disappear. Yeah. And I think kind of the point you're getting at is that this seems like it would be good for Wall Street. Like it would be good for the market because of all this like crazy activity that's happening. Like this isn't something that's going to crash our economy. Like Mm -hmm. it isn't like in that aspect. It's like this should be a good thing. Yeah, right? and that's the thing is like when there was a housing crisis, people lost homes. People on the ground lost homes because of very, very confusing, shading and poorly managed loan practices that bundled up into these very large, very poorly rated securities. Mm-hmm. And that had a huge trickle down effect that destroyed banks and as a result destroyed people's livelihoods. Like the thing that controls where your money sits is a bank. Unless, you know, you live in the beautiful cryptocurrency world that we might be talking about on another episode. <laughs> yes, we'll we'll bring that up in our episode. And I'll actually talk about pump and dump schemes in that crypto episode because there's a huge thing there with cryptocurrencies and pump and dump. But what's important to understand here is like these are just some guys and they kind of had it coming. And I don't feel bad. That's the, like I think the best part is like with the housing crisis and watching these guys get destroyed and get bailed out by taxpayers it was like a double punch because the people who suddenly couldn't afford anything were watching the people who did this to them walk away with their money their tax money but here we're just watching rich people get taken down because they refused to change their position even after they did get bailed out and my one big fear is like will this turn into a bailout situation will they try to find a way to use taxpayer money or someone else's money to bail them out anyway so they can keep making these mistakes or will we see actual change. Talk to your representative, hashtag tax the rich. It would be great if the outcome of all this would be some kind of regulation or more rules around short trading. Like, I think that's what the bare minimum of a good thing I would expect from this is that somehow someone's going to decide, oh, no, people took advantage of the system. We should make it so that the giant people who've been doing this for years can't take advantage of the system. And I just want to wrap up this episode mentioning that eventually the hype of GameStop will go down, as well as the stock price. Like, despite its changes, GameStop, it's still a struggling company. And eventually the stock price is going to crash. So listeners, don't start going out and buying a bunch of GameStop stock thinking you're going to make a ton of money, or really, like, any money at this point. As I mentioned before, it's still not clear whether the hedge funds will actually lose billions in the end, or if they'll recoup some of their money when the price drops. But either way, I'll still be following the story and especially all the memes because they're on fire right now. Yeah, the memes are amazing. And I think between the memes and what's been happening, I think all the people involved have sent a very important message, which is Wall Street needs to play by the rules everyone else is told to play by. And it's amazing watching that, like, 
collectively we do have power. It's weird thinking in a democracy that you still feel powerless, <laughs> but this is like a, a perfect example of together we do have power. Sam, those notes, I need to make sure that these, these things we've been claiming, they have some sort of factuality behind them. Where would I go for those? <laughs> All right. Don't worry, listeners. All of my references and links to the articles that I looked at are going to be in the show notes. And thank you to Scott. His info is also in the show notes. He keeps us sounding buttery smooth. Yes. Thank you, Scott. Anyway, I hope that we all learn something fun about yeeting the stock market. <laughs> I think that's the best way I can What a this. great end. Bye, everyone. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.